Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, we are on the first session of Scarlet Citadel. Scarlet Citadel is a hardcover campaign adventure written by Kobold Press that uses the 5th edition D&D rules. And we had our session zero last week, and this week we are going to be diving straight in. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material, exclusive adventures, tips to help them run their D&D games, an exclusive Discord channel, and access to the monthly Patreon Q&A. If you want to help support shows like this, you can do so by becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. The link is down in the show notes below. Yeah, we had a good session zero last week. So last week, we wanted to do two things in my in my gaming session. So I, I run a, I run a, my, my gaming session runs from noon to three on Sunday afternoons. And last week, I wanted to spend time talking to the players about how they felt about our Numenera campaign, which we ended. If you want to know all about their response to the Numenera campaign, my own feelings about ending the Numenera campaign, and how it ended, you can see the Numenera video and playlist. Uh, It is linked in the show notes below. It's also on the Sly Flourish video channel. So we're not going to be talking about Numenera today. And the other half of our discussion was doing a session zero for Scarlet Citadel. And in this case, the session zero was a completely j- just session zero. We did not do any sort of adventure. Normally when I run a session zero, a lot of times when I do a session zero, I do half of the session about what we're going to do, building characters, doing all that sort of stuff. And then I usually try to jump into the campaign. I usually try to start with some kind of intro encounter. And I've done that very successfully in many campaigns before. But I want to, this time, because we, A, I wanted to spend about half the time talking about the Numenera campaign, I did just the session zero. And then today is the first time that we're actually going to get into the game. So now I need to figure out what, what that's like. So we are going to start off with our Notion template. Go to our, I have a brand new Scarlet Citadel Notion template here. I'm going to generate a new session, a session planning template. So for anybody who's wondering what tool I am using for my session planning, what I am doing is using Notion. You can find out all about how to use Notion for your campaign bl- planning and get your own lazy DM Notion template to build your own campaigns in the show notes below. So yeah, we click a session, gen- session planning template. So we have... Our characters for our, our our session template here already. I can see that like I have to modify the I have to modify the thing. I actually don't have sheets for a lot of people. I might have some sheets for them, but we can talk a little bit about our characters for today's for today's game. So I generated a new session planning template, and then we, today's session is nine October. So that works. And so yeah, last time we talked about the characters, it was really it's it's always kind of funny when I run a session zero for character creation there definitely is a little bit of like back and forth and people don't really know what to do and no one wants to kind of jump on making a character at once they're kind of like oh i'll make characters based on other people there's a little bit of apprehension and i I don't know a great way of kind of handling that process there's probably a better more structured way that we could build characters together than me saying like okay now everybody talk about what kind of character you want i don't know what that is yet and because i don't run that many session zeros it's hard to experiment as you try something, it doesn't work. So our characters today, we have Dorn Greycastle. Dorn is played by Joe. Joe always plays a character from the Greycastles, whatever. He has a he has a, an empire of characters known as the Greycastles that have played in just about every campaign. I don't think it happened in Numenera, but it happened in just about every campaign that, that worked out. And from Dorn Greycastle is a shade. He's a, a fighter shade 
that died and came back, not as a corporeal person. He apparently made poor decisions in his life, doesn't understand where he came from, tried to reintegrate into a new, in a new way, and hides the fact, manner is M-A-N-N-E-R, hides the fact that he's dead, doesn't quite remember everything, not everything was right in his previous life. A tether has been broken, trying to find out what, what it is to move on. And he has a thirst he cannot slake since he doesn't eat or drink. He's, he's, he's hungry for something. I don't have like all of their info yet. One of the things that I'm going to do today is I'm going to ask them like, please take a picture of your character sheet and send it to me. Because we're using Cobalt, all Cobalt press material, the material that we're using is the Player's Handbook, the Tome of Heroes, and Midgard Heroes is our source books for character creation. And that means most of them are using either paper character sheets or like a PDF character sheet instead of using something like D&D Beyond. So we're not using D&D Beyond as our campaign. I'm not setting up a D&D Beyond campaign for it. And, and we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. I know at least one player, I think most players really like D&D Beyond or most, most of the players like D&D Beyond. But I think that there's some that really, really are missing it. They just played a campaign where they didn't get to use it. And now they don't get to use it again. We're going to see how that goes. So that's Joe's character. We have Garbelt Hoovish. Garbelt, I think I do have a character sheet for Garbelt. Look at that, I do. So Garbelt is a mushroom person. He's a rogue cat burglar mushroom folk. And he, or they, I think they don't, they don't, they don't have a gender. The, the, so the, the funny angle on this campaign is most of the people are dead or follow the dead or are kind of drawn to the dead. And in his case, he's drawn to the dead because he's a mushroom. So he kind of like, you know, hangs out with the rest of the group because the rest of the group are kind of dead folk. And he's like, I like dead folk. Dead folk make, you know, they're good food. So he's kind of following, following them around. He's a scout for a clan looking for a new place for plentiful food and darkness, looking to colonize the dark land. So he's hoping that there's like good, you know, down in the Scarlet Citadel is a good place to go to build a mushroom farm for the rest of his people. He's following the characters because they're interesting and some of them smell like death. And he likes that. And he sends out cl clouds of spores to see what's going on where. So that's that's really sort of his 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 stuff. And I don't think I'm going to bother doing another show, but I'm going to mark his trained skills, his languages, and other things in my little cheat sheet here. But I'll do that another time. There's no point in spending spending the show worrying about that. I'll fill that out. Fill that out as we go. Who else? So that's Garbelt. My Jay, my player Jay, I don't think he's here today. And he sent two different characters that he's considering. So we'll probably talk about those two characters with the rest of the group and, and let him know like, hey, we think this one would work really well. But he doesn't have a character yet. So I don't have I don't have anything for him. And I don't think he is here today. So then we have Malarkey Jones. Malarkey, which is a great name, is a female tiefling warlock, a follows one of the other follows one of the other characters so roll the dice and and so she is a packed she's a warlock patron of the weird weaver and the weird reaver is like chaos the weird reaver is you know this this interesting god that's that's about randomness about the randomness and chaos of the universe and literally like rolled a die and ended up that that die roll connected connected her to shrink skibbers one of the other characters. Her parents think that she's perfect and excellent. She is, she is not, I think and Jerry has a, he, he wrote, he wrote a lot of backstory and loved by, loved by her parents, but is a tiefling to parents that are not, that are not tieflings, but they still think that she's perfect anyway. And she has kind of followed through and, you know, came to work with a weird, with a weird river through three card Monty, fell in love with three card Monty as, as this, this element of chaos and is now sort of, you know, can make a living through simple chance and got the notice of the weird weavers and is kind of also following you know, following one of the other characters so so pretty interesting pretty interesting backstory here 
So that is Malarkey Jones. Again, I'll have to get a character sheet so I can fill in all the information. We then have Roomsalith. Uh, Roomsalith. I just got I just got uh, Sharon's uh, character sheet for Roomsalith today. Actually, I got it yesterday. She handed me a paper copy. I said, "Here's Roomsalith's character sheet," and I said, "Great! I'm going to take a picture and put it in Ocean." She went, "Ah, oh. so it's like we were so close to just paper based." So Roomsalith is a frost elf fighter, and School of the Limin- Liminality. Uh, suggests that some things dead are better left dead. Death is not so bad. Why do we work so hard at not dying? The void stares back. It's kind of her interesting parts about her her background. And she her background is gravekeeper. I I believe we discovered that she is the one who buried Dorn. Buried and then Dorn came back. So Rumsalith also has a sort of connection to the dead. One of the things that I think is really interesting, when we were figuring this out, we were looking at all the characters, is that they have this there's this there's this whole central connection around death and rebirth or death and, and resurrection death and return and and that is i think going to be a big premise of this campaign probably a big premise of how these characters all came together so that's room select then we have shrink skibbers great name played by juliet shrink skibbers is a was sacrificed was a i think it was a rat folk was a rat folk who was sacrificed and then resurrected again Again, another, at least two of the characters have died and returned. And then I think many of the other characters are sort of tied to that, tied to that, 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 that death and return. And I think one of the characters that Jay is considering is also a character who died, a clockwork who might've died and come back. And so that can be interesting too. Was sacrificed being an evil cult who bound and who was, you know, bound to a particular God and whatever the evil cult is operating in Scarlet Settle is likely the one that, that bound shrink to, to this God and the God returned, sent shrink back and said, you need to help. I'm trapped and I want to send you back into the world to figure out how to break my, to break my trap. So, and there's also that, and the weird weaver chaos chance luck, I think. Yeah, so the, the Weird Weaver is also kind of connected. I don't know if it's the Weird Weaver is the one who's trapped. Yeah, it looks like it. So I think that that's kind of a fun angle too, is that Shrink Skibbers was sent, was killed and then sent back into the world by the Weird Weavers. And then the other character, Malarkey, followed Shrink because of that connection to the Weird Weavers that, it's, that the information just sort of brought together. So... So that's shrink. So those those are the characters. I think we might only have four in our session today, and so that that will. So then I, that that kind of binds binds what I want to do in today's session. But those are those are the characters. And I think you know we're still learning a lot about the characters. Right? It takes it takes time. Like you get the backgrounds, and this is one of the tricky things about getting too much background too early on, is that bringing it together you can have bringing it together you can have too many you know too much backstory that you then can't dissect when it's like well you're still level one just figuring out where the adventure is going to go a lot of times the backgrounds sort of fade away as their new the new stuff they do works but i think this kind of connection to weird you know death and life is kind of a good this connection to like death and life i think is a real good strong connection here so we have our characters again i'll have to fill in all this data i can do that i can do that later i could probably do it a little bit during the game or figure that out so what is today's strong start again we've already done our session zero it probably can't hurt to have people refresh like who they are. But I think my idea for a strong start, my idea for a strong start is in the, in the book Warlock Lairs, there is an adventure. I think it's the first adventure in Warlock Lairs. This was recommended to me on the Cyflourish Discord channel called The Light of Memoria. And The Light of Memoria is actually set 
right near, I think it's actually set very close to the, I think it's set very close to Scarlet Yeah, It's actually set right around Red Tower, right? It's actually designed, this adventure takes place outside the village of Red Tower in the, in the White Forest. Abandoned archway in a pocket dimension. However, it can be adapted to any location. So I really, yeah, it was like, hey, well, that fits perfectly. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be really great. And I like it. And it's got cool art. Look at that. Look at that art. I don't think I want to run the whole adventure though, because I already have an adventure. So I, I want to have like, I want to use it as a starting scene and kind of get the characters together and get us excited and get us doing stuff. But I want to use it as sort of a seed to kind of get them into Red Tower and then get them connected to the rest of the Scarlet Citadel. So I don't, I don't, you know, as an adventure goes, it would take probably, a, 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 you know, it looks like it would take a couple of sessions. But I think if I sort of shrink down the pocket dimension idea, the ob, I, I love the it's obliet, right? I love I love this 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 concept of of an of a, a a pocket dimension obliet that's sort of a breakaway from the shadow road, which is nearby. I think that's really cool. I love this concept. And yeah, Galandril here in the chat says that they ran it and that it took you three two-hour sessions. That's six hours. That's more than I want to spend on an adventure that isn't the main adventure that I want to run. So I think, I, I think I'm going to instead kind of turn it into an encounter an interesting encounter, an interesting scene that might end up taking half the session, but I don't want to burn a whole bunch of sessions on it. But I, boy, this art is so good. So my idea, my idea is that this archway, let's see, Memoria, forgotten ruin, mostly vanished by. So we'll call it the Arch of Memoria. I like that. So we're going to start off with the Arch of Memoria calls to the characters. They find themselves drawn. They find themselves drawn to this place, right? And when it comes to locations, we have the Arch of Memoria. And I think we're going to make this make this a location. We have Red Tower. We're going to create a new location. And what for funsies, we're going to grab this piece of art. Boop. Because that looks really cool. And we're going to put in another, that other piece of art. And this is from Warlock Lairs. The Warlock, what is it called? Into the Wilds. And the page number is, oh, that's the wrong one. Page number is page eight. Cool. So we're going to focus a lot on this. This is, then we put the cool art. Now I got a location. Go back to my notes. And down in locations, I have the new Arch of Memorial link. Very good. So the Arch of Memorial calls to all the characters. I think we're going to have, they, they arrive to find some bandits dorking with an artifact called the, the Light of Memoria. I like the idea. I like, there's a lot of ideas that I'm going to take from this adventure, but I'm going to kind of twist it and turn it and mallet and, you know, pull it like taffy until it's the kind of adventure, until it's the kind of encounter I want to run. Cause it's not the adventure, it's the encounter. So that I think they show up, they see the archway. They know that there's some kind of power there. It's very old. They, they see that they're dorking with this artifact, like shaking it and trying to wave. And they're like, you know, somebody's, somebody's in there. And and the bandits are are bad. They're bad people. And I think that they're more than happy. Like, I think that they, the, uh, the fun bit about the character, the, 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 the villains, I wonder, do they have a name in this? 
I don't know if the bandits... So we have Demika, who's a bandit. And this is all first level, so we're just going to keep them normal bandits. Probably one bandit per character? Probably sounds about right, I think. I don't know if they have a name. They need a name, right? We All bandit groups call themselves something. We'll drop over to my random names, and we're just going to pick the Gray Runners. See, right away. You just you grab one, you get the Gray Runners. Very cool. Done. The Gray Runners are trying to use an artifact to open the gate, to open the Arch of Memoria. I think my idea, which I'm stealing some motivation from that adventure, is maybe when they're dying, maybe one of the one of the bandits will sort of grab the light of memoria and shake it and like you know maybe blood flows on it or something and that activates it and it and it ages them they they do the the temple of you know the the indiana jones and the last crusade like they grow and their hair grows and they turn old and wither away and die and the portal kind of opens and like a hand reaches out like a humanoid hand reaches out like help me one of the bandits dies of old age and the portal opens into the obliet. I don't know if I'm spelling obliet right. O-U-B-L-I-E-T-T-E. Obliet. I love that word so much. It's such a wonderful word. So they, they activate the obliet. A hand reaches out. And I think this could be an opportunity begging for help. The characters can pull them free, but so, but but some shades come out, some shadows, with them, and now they're fighting shadows. Let's take a look at shadows. Probably only a couple of shadows. Shadows are bad. Shadows are CR one half, sixteen hit points. They're resistant to non magical, and they they drain strength and they do nine damage. This could be really really brutal. We'll do half the number of shadows as characters. But I think, I don't know, like, I, I, I think I'm going to reinforce to them that the shadow, like, I am, I am, I mean, they're only CR one half, and I, my, my rule says you don't go more than CR one half, but boy, CR one half, and shadows in particular are really nasty for CR one half. So they can be, do they kill you if they drain, they, they kill you if they drain their strength completely, right? But they don't just kill you outright if they drop you to zero. So shadows are dangerous, but I think that, you know, we'll face some shadows. But that also, I think one of the things is like Scarlet Citadel is a deadly campaign, a deadly adventure. And, and I will clarify to them, like these shadows are really nasty and could, and could, could, could kill you. But I think it's kind of cool. And maybe I'll only go with one shadow. Maybe it'll be two. And maybe their hit points would be lower or whatever. They're pretty nasty. So the, 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 the shadows come out. The meet, assuming they survive, meet the NPC. Head to Red Tower. Explore Red Tower. And begin their first journey to the Scarlet Citadel. Now what I need is clear motivation for the characters to go to Scarlet Citadel. That's one of the things I need to plant in this adventure. Like, what is it about what they learn here that makes them want to go to the Scarlet Citadel? Why do they, they want to go there? What is their motivation to go there? 
and and it could be that like they hear so we have a couple of characters who are tied to this particular god let me let me go back i know i think malarkey jones was and that god is the wind reaver right the weird weaver so i think the weird weaver is going to kind of be an npc trapped god and patron of malarkey jones and who else somebody else had a connection a shrink shrink skibbers so I think the voice of the Weird Weaver could be a good motivation. The characters hear the voice of the Weird Weaver kind of drawing them to this place. Like this, this obliette is sort of bound. And maybe, maybe the NPC. So if we look in the, let's look in the Warlock layers and see like they rescue somebody, right? So they get into the arch. Tymon, the hapless apprentice. So Tymon. So we can get, there's a lot of like different gods and things in here, but I think we can tie a lot of this to Tymon. But I think, I think this might be a fun NPC for the characters to sort of meet. And instead of an apprentice, they are a follower of the Weird Weaver. So that could be a fun sort of connection. And maybe they've aged. Like maybe they don't look, like Tymon doesn't look, you know, you know aged some time. I think, I think that, let's see, let's, let's read a little bit more, Archway, before sending the apprentice to investigate. There's this other NPC, Kagoth Z, Gellert the Gruesome. Who is, so Gellert the Gruesome is a, that's the villain of Scarlet Citadel. I don't think we're ready to reveal yet that yet. So the idea that Tymon, that Tymon is tied to, to Gellert the Gruesome is, is probably not something I want to do. But the idea that Tymon is a follower of the Weird Weaver and believes that, you know, also recognizes that the Weird Weaver is trapped and thinks that somehow the, the bonds and the chains that trap the Weird Weaver are down in the depths of the Scarlet Citadel. That's a pretty solid motivation. If you're going down to our secrets and clues, Tymon believes that the bonds binding the Weird Weaver, I think we're gonna call it the Weird Weaver lie in the depths of the Scarlet Citadel. Something down there is draining the energy from, from the Weird Weaver, and it must be broken to save them. That's kind of neat. That's, that's a, there's a big, big juicy hook, I think. So what other things, let's see, any other details about the Arch of Memoria? I got this one. It's like this. Uh, I'm just stealing some secrets directly out of the, 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 out of the book. Memoria is a forgotten ruin, mostly vanished into the lowland bogs north of Red Tower. Its obscurity is ironic, for once it was a settlement dedicated to Nemosni? Nemesine? Nemesine? Goddess of memory, who has likewise suffered an unhappy fate. Centuries ago, a mysterious cult of benign necromancers found, found a memoria after fleeing elven authority and condemnation in Kamei, settling in the white forest to take advantage of the air's potent, potent ley lines. So we're going we're gonna to keep, we want some secrets to stay secret. Like we're not ready to reveal certain things. And since these are all what they can learn in the next game, we're not going to say, but one of the things is there's some power in the white forest. Drew the necromancers of memoria as it has drawn 
others to the region. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. So that's 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 a nice, good, juicy secret and clue. The necromancers did not defile the dead, but rather they utilized new necromancy. This is a good one. Hoping to create a utopia of peaceful coexistence for living and dead with the past and present side by side. This really fits the characters. This is a really solid. I love this because the characters are like, they're dead people, but they're nice. And they think like, you know, necromancers who just want to talk to the dead. That's not so weird. Not like Empire of the Ghouls. These necromancers did not defile the dead, but rather the word utilize. I can't stand the word utilize. They used necromancy to interact with their ancestors, helping to create a utopia of peaceful, peaceful coexistence for the living and the dead with the past and present side by side. Very good. To achieve this vision, the Memorians devised a relic called the Light of Memoria to create a bridge to the afterlife and, a, and light the way for their ancestor spirits to cross over to the mortal world. I like that. But I think we're going to simplify that the relic is broken. Is broken. And now drains life from those who attempt to use it. Beautiful art in the corner. Oh yeah, the, the picture of Red, that's that's the picture of Red Tower. So that's pretty good. Light is broken now, attempts to use it. So they might hang on to this, but I don't think they're gonna use it. Void Blood Memorians, Power of the Relic, Communal Sacrifice, we're not gonna do that. Survivor Memorians retreated to a nearby shadow gate, but the undead followed to permit blah, 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 blah. That, that kind of stuff I think I'm gonna skip. The other thing is the Obliette is a trap. It's a what tiny pocket dimension of shadow lost in the wilds tiny pocket dimension of shadow formless and shapeless and th terrible things lurk in its depths was it create i don't think they created the obliette i think they they intended the obliette is a wasn't intended to be, it was intended to be a gateway between the realm of the living and the realm of the dead. Probably it was intended to be a gateway to bridge between the living and the dead, but the damage to the, the light turned it into a shadowy prison. Best left alone. That's pretty good. Two, four, six, eight, nine. So I need more so let's actually look at red. So I think that, that that's a pretty solid scene, right? They show up at the tower. They see some bandits dorking around. The bandits are like, oh, thank God, someone to fight. Because they're like the players that are upset about the fact that they're dorking around with a puzzle and they can't figure out and they'd rather just fight stuff. The bandits are that way. So the bandits are like, oh, thank God. just We can just rob these people. And that's so much better than dicking with this stupid artifact so they go to fight the so then they go to fight the characters characters beat them one of the one of the bandits will like grab the the light and use it and ah and they turn it all and as they do whoom the 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 door of the obliette opens the archway opens and a hand reaches help me help and they can go and help him and they pull him free shadows come out they fight the shadows like oh my god shadows right it goes up and then they meet then they meet the weird weaver guy let's see timon they meet timon the follower of the weird weaver and then he explains like what he can, he can explain a lot of these secrets, but we want to, this is all great, but now, and then we want to introduce the Scarlet Citadel. We want to introduce Red Tower itself. So let's take a look at Red Tower and get kind of familiar with it. I've read it before, but it always hurts. Early construction was House Holzanger. So they, they built it. The people that were here and see some dungeons were dug out of precision. Some are, some are built a human settlement of the white forest, blah, 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 blah. 250 years ago, the young Holzinger discovered a rich leyline tributary. I don't know if this stuff is common. It's hard to tell like which of this stuff is sort of the common knowledge or not. So I think, I don't think we're going to dive too much into this, but 
how old is Red Tower is probably a good question. It was once a lodge. There was once a hunting lodge that then became a manor house for the Redleaf Village. Then they built they built like a citadel out of like red stone that were nearby, but only the tower remains. And eventually the village that built around it was known as Red Tower. So that could be a secret. Red Tower was once an elven hunting lodge and then a manor for the Holzangers. I'm totally not spelling their name right. That's okay. Before it burned down and only the last red tower of the dwarves who built it remains. The village refers it as red tower. Is that not right? No. Was it the manor that built that burned down? Or the manor is the manor is what became so where'd the tower come from? So many words. So it became the village of Redleith. Single tower of red stone remains from its older days. Surrounding tower just says, well, we have a tower and it's red. We're simple folk. Give it a simple name. So what other... Check page 23. For the rumors? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we can use this gossip table pretty well. The red tower was made from the bones and teeth of a fallen giant, Melania and Helixlu. Blood soaked the stones there forever. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound likely. Stones to build the red tower came from the ruins submerged beneath the pond of the north before they were covered in water and moss. There's a there was a property to them that makes them red, possibly even strange magical energy protecting them from the ravages of time. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, this this uh, the gossip tables. The gossip table is a pretty good one. That's like good secrets and clues, some of which are 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 not there. So then we're gonna kind of this is one of those things where where it's tricky introducing a town because there are how many different locations in this town? I guess it's not terrible. There's only thirteen locations in town, so you know going through thirteen is not is not the end of the world. And I'm going to give them this map that has the numbers on it. So they can see that and we can kind of describe each of the each of them and then talk about which one they're most likely to want to to want to deal with. But let's let's skim through these and see if there's any really interesting places that the that the characters are going to want to visit or that we want to kind of draw them to. So you have the stables, town hall and constable, and they can meet the, the mayor, Winslow ba- Braz. Make a new NPC for him. I think there's a picture of him. He's a happy looking dude. Yay. I think that's him, right? If not, that 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 dude looks like an awesome mayor. He looks like such the politician. Mayor of Red Tower. Whoops. The ruined temple of Kors. Anything kind of interesting there? There hasn't been a priest in the temple in decades. I think that this might be where this might be where Tymon kind of keeps, you know, he's going to move in here, I think, the ruined temple of cores and not really turn it into a temple cuz you like you don't make temples to randomness, but he's like, well, he'll he'll operate out of here. Hasn't been a peace in temple deck. Okay, we have, nonetheless some faithful still attend the high holy days and the temple has for the most part been shown respect some of all. So I think he might he might he might move to the, the ruined temple of cores. Cage and tavern in. The cage tavern and inn. Seeing if there's any like other adventure sort of things. Warehouses for trade, the brewery, lumber mill, smithy. Very cool. Furrier and Tanner. 
the red tower south of the smithy past the gate of the, the, the squat stone tower defensive fortification but also the town's namesake the stones of the tower are somewhat faded but still a deep crimson even Aradnia and Ambrosi at the cage don't know how the tower is constructed. Theories and rumors about it abound. <laughs> I don't think we need to like, normally I'd be like, you know what we should do is build a dungeon underneath the tower, secret chambers and secret dungeon. But I'm like, the whole book is a freaking dungeon. So no, we're not going to build a dungeon. We're going to hold ourselves back. We don't need to build a dungeon underneath every single tower. Temple of Rava, the gear goddess, Temple of the gear goddess is odd circular building. Temple of Rava is everywhere. And we can talk, I know about Rava because I'm running a lot about Rava in the other game. Who's Conrad? Conrad of Rums, Rumskalad lives here. Ba- retired battle mage. Made a tidy fortune. He is like, I'm not, I'm done with all that. Keeps himself paying for his privacy with the good graces he's purchased from the mayor. Battle mage bargain encounter. I like this guy. So I think he'll, he, he'll be a fun NPC. So we'll make a, oh, well, oh, retired battle mage. He does. He looks like a mean bastard. Let's look at the battle mage bargain encounters. That's from the random social encounters table. Invitation to Conrad's home. Always results of food and drink being regaled by Conrad's memories. Sales pitched to buy one of his treasures. Dabbles in magic item creation in spare time. Loves offloading them into the adventures since they are not that he tells them imperfect. Conrad claims the item charges 100 gold pieces. A lot of the party haggle him down to as much as 50. Every time he sells the item is faulty. If the item fails after 1d4 uses, the enchantment on it is fading. First to a mundane item. So he makes bad magic items. Eh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to bother with that. But he could be a source of like, you know, he'll, he'll, you know, his, he could be a way to buy and sell magic items. And he doesn't really say how he gets that opportunity. But he might be a way for them to buy, to pick up other items for them to do, you know, downtime activities to build magic items things like that he could be a handy source for that anything else that we want to do around here let's take a look at these other social encounters oh there's a whole thing about like the these other outer places we have there's like the witch's hut let's take a look at some of these make sure we get these in our head before we're Tobias's hut, a small hut cobbled together in loose stone. Elderly human and commoner once lived in Red Tower, but grew horrified the complexity, the complicity of the town, the town folk and lighting adventures run their slaughter, run to their slaughter in the Scarlet Citadel. The creature encounter table. So he warns people away. I like this dude. He's kind of fun. Tobias. He could be like a almost a reverse herald. What do you, what do you call somebody that like warns, warns people? I need a cool name for a guy whose job is to tell you to stay the hell away from a place. Doomsayer of the Scarlet Citadel. And I like the idea that his hut regularly gets raised by like owlbears. Isn't that one of the things that happens? 28 here. Yeah, the owlbear that knocks down Tobias's home. That can be a fun encounter. Why does it do it? The owlbear's in the process of knocking down Tobias, sniffing for food, reacts slowly. Yeah, I guess the owlbear just comes and trashes his home. So that's fun. We have Zula. Zula, Witch of the White Forest. And let's learn about Zula. No path leads to her cottage, but the woods north, it's right, probably might notice, stumble in her cottage. Hearth smoke. No one visits Zula unless they need special potions. 
And she's actually an agent of Gellert, right? So she's, she's handy, but she could be an agent of Gellert, the gruesome, who's the kind of the main villain of this. So I think we got lots of NPCs. I, you know, I don't know, we're going to play a lot of this by ear. They want to go explore a place, we'll explore it together. But I think the, the drive, so they're, you know, what's the drive that, that, what's the drive that's going to bring them to the Scarlet Citadel is the big question. Like what takes them to this, to level zero? Cause that's the main, that's the main thing. And I think it's that, that first, that first idea that like I can, I can hook at least like three of the characters by saying that they're trapped God. If the main p- plot, which sort of came up by the, this is a character driven thing. The players came up with this. I didn't come up with this, that the players said one of the characters did it. And then the other ones kind of jumped on that. There is a God that God is trapped and being bound somehow. And that the, you know, we don't, I think we don't know exactly how, but certainly the, 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 the draw and the bonds of that are, they, they exist down in Scarlet Citadel, down in the Scarlet Citadel. If you want to find out more, you're going to have to head in there and figure out what's going on. I think that's, I think that's kind of the big, the big part of it. Let's take a look at what else we've got. So we've got our characters, we've got our strong start, we've got a bunch of scenes, we've got our secrets and clues. We've got some cool locations. We of course have Red Tower, region around Red Tower we can do there. We have our NPCs, whole bunch of NPCs, right? I, can, I don't even need to list them all. I can, just, I can just click on that link and get them. The Deadly Encounter Benchmark. So they are first level. And so we don't really bother with an encounter benchmark at first level because we know that almost everything is deadly. But you don't generally want to run any monster that's higher than challenge rating one half. A, a single challenge rating one might be acceptable, but it might also knock a character completely out with one volley of attacks. So... We're not going to really bother with the Deadly Encounter benchmark or even listing up. The monsters, we have bandits and we have shadows. Those are really the monsters for today's session. I think I am going to level them to second level. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to level them to second level before they go to level zero. I think I might level them to, to level zero or to, to second level. There's a whole section on leveling in here. And it, it offers some like what levels are appropriate for what sections. Let me, let me just reference that and get an idea about what the milestones are. Here we go. So the ruined citadel, which I think is the top level, is expected to be first level. The dungeon and crypt is meant to be first to second level. So I, can, I could take them. They don't want to stay at first level very long. So I'll probably level them to second level when. What's the milestone? I think the milestone is once they accept the quest, boy, this one, accept the quest to journey to the Scarlet Citadel, level two milestone, right? You want, you want players and characters to behave a certain way? You tie benefits to the, that thing. So the idea is like, I think I will make it clear that once you have accepted the quest to journey to the Scarlet Citadel and break the bonds, and break the bonds of the Weird Weaver. Accept the quest to journey to the Scarlet Citadel and break the bonds of the Weird Weaver. That's the level two milestone. Then the level three milestone is probably when their second level, will keep them at second level, is defeat. I think when they defeat the boss, let's take a look at the boss of level one. 
So I think they might end up being level one. It's the jailer, right? Or this 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 mean bastard. So let's take a look at the jailer. I think he's probably got a stat block on the bottom back here. There's spells. Deep magic spells. Magic items. Does he have a stat block? Did I miss it? The jailer. Here he is. 52 hit points. CR2. He makes two maul attacks and he has the psychic core. So he looks he looks like a good. He's a good challenge for second level characters. I think he might be too easy at third. So I think defeating the jailer is the is the level three milestone. But they don't know who that is. So I think that that will be, you know, that's a, you know, when they learn more about the jailer, then that will become the quest. You clarify to them that that's the quest. So I think that's pretty solid. I've got a, I've got a good strong start. I've got my scenes. I've got a bunch of secrets and clues for them to, 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 to learn. We're both going to kind of work through Red Tower and what's going on there. We'll, we'll play with the rumors, stuff like that. The treasure. So they have the light of Markath, right? Or the light of Memoria. So what can the light, I think the light of Memoria is sort of an artifact, but it's weakened and broken. And right now it can just cast light. It can use an action to cast a light cantrip, but I think it might grow in power. I think it might, it might do other things too. We'll see. That might be a fun little artifact, but I don't know if there's any other magic items that they might pick up here. I don't know. Maybe let's, uh, do I have my, I don't have it handy. I have a little generator that a friend of mine made. Let's see if I can find it here because it's pretty great. It is a, here we go, uh, Vault of Magic Generator. So you say CR one to three, you roll, and it says here are some things that you might find. A Siege Arrow, for example. Master Angler's Tackle. Wand of Giggles. The Ashwood Wand. Quill of Scribing. Wand of Windows. That sounds kind of fun. Let's take a look at the Vault of Magic. Wand of Windows. Clear Crystal Wand has three charges. You can use an action to expend one charge to touch the wand to any non-magical object. The wand causes a portion of the object up to one foot to become transparent. Any non-magical object. The wand causes the portion of the, 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 a portion of the object to, uh, to one foot, six inches, up to one foot and six inches, so 18 inches deep. So brick walls might not work, but a door might. Is, that, is it me or is that really powerful? That feels really powerful to me because you can like peek into other rooms. But I guess if it's transparent, you know, the ghouls on the other side are like, ah. But that seems really powerful for a dungeon because like you can use that on every door. You can use it on walls. You can use it to see like what's on the other side. I think the only trick is that they can, you know, they can see the other way. It doesn't actually become a window, but it means that you are broadcasting your, you're broadcasting your location to anything that's on the other side. I think that's kind of fun. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll stick that in there. Wand of Windows, page 103. And we can make this a page. Turn into page. Whoops. There we go. That's fun. Any other, let's see, let's gold and I will roll on the golden treasure at the time when I need to worry about it. So I think, I think we are all set for today. I've got my notes. I mean, it's a session one, so it's a little nerve wracking. I'm nervous about it, but I think everything's going to be fine and cool. So I am excited to do it. So I hope you enjoyed hanging out with me today while I prepped my first session of Scarlet Citadel. It's going to be an exciting campaign. I'm really looking forward to it. Fun to get back to like good 
traditional D&D. I'm excited for it. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this show, you can help me out by subscribing to the Sly Flourish newsletter where you will get access to a free Adventure Generator PDF plus a D&D article sent directly to your inbox every week. You can subscribe to, you can support me directly on Patreon where you get access to all kinds of exclusive adventures, tips and tricks for running your D&D game, video previews, Discord access, all kinds of great stuff for become, becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. You can pick up my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy DM's Workbook, and the Lazy DM's Companion at the Sly Flourish Bookstore in beautiful offset printed versions. The link is in the show notes below for all of these. And you can subscribe to my videos on YouTube, like it, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, send it to your friends, let people know how much you enjoyed this video. Thank you all very much. Have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.